Hey, Storm Freaks, it's Phil. What goes into starting a 24-7 national weather streaming broadcast? Well, we've got Fox Weather Meteorologist Jason Frazier here to tell us all about it. You know, I think the, the challenge whenever you start out is, you know, building an audience, you know, making sure that people understand that you're different than what's actually out there. And we're sharing WX resources and hashtag weather fools all on episode 180 of the Stormfront Freaks podcast. Going green. Greenage. Saddle up. You got it, boss. Hey, welcome to the most entertaining weather podcast. This is the award-winning Stormfront Freaks podcast, and it's brought to you by the Atmosphere Weather app. You know, most weather apps, they require you to swipe and tap your way around multiple screens just to get the information you want. But with Atmosphere Weather, it provides your hourly forecast on one screen in a 24-hour clock with your radar right in the middle. You can try it free. Uh, on the iPhone version, if you just go to atmosphereweather.com or check it out at the iPhone app store. Hey, thanks to all of our uh, Patreon teammates that uh, help support the show. We got all three of our VIPs in the studio tonight with Garrett and Dan and Angela. Uh, I see we got Jeremy uh, on, our, on our chat as well. So welcome to everybody. And if you're familiar with the show, it's always happy hour. So every time we record, tonight's actually a little bit earlier uh, for, for Jason's sake, our, our morning meteorologist. Uh, but we are going to find out who's on the show as far as our co-hosts go and find out what they're drinking. So uh, MJ is not here tonight, so I'm trying to run things here behind the scenes a little bit as well. But we do have Serena Arnold, our former meteorologist at the Mount Washington Observatory. Serena, what are you, what are you drinking tonight? I'm, I'm back with a weather beer. Yeah. I found uh, Jack Abbey's Craft Lagers. This is called Ray Catcher. Okay. Yeah. Right? Ooh, All like right. Sunray. It's yeah. a happy weather beer. Stingray. <laughs> it is. It's, it's a lemongrass lager. So I, I hope I like it, but it had a weather name. Grass? It has grass in it? Lemongrass. Oh, you know lemongrass. That, that lemongrass? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, whatever. I pass on grass. But we've got uh, Brady Harris, our atmospheric science graduate. Brady, what are you drinking? You know, I'm drinking water tonight because I'm on antibiotics. But uh, I also just noticed there's an electric panel in my room. It's literally right here. I have never noticed that before. And those are switches. Those are literally switches in my room. That is, I don't think that's up to code. But sorry, I didn't mean to go on a tangent there. But that's I don't water. think Brady passed on the grass, Phil. Yeah. I don't feel safe right now, guys. I'm going to be that's honest. It's, it doesn't water. seem up to code. Anyway, drinking water tonight. Uh, looks like we've got a little bit of a snafu here. Looks like Phil might have uh, lost his internet, but uh, I am drinking today a Tim Hortons coffee, and it's one of them like super small ones. Nice. Wow. Whoa. How, <laughs> yeah. Why am I the only one with a beer? Why? why because because it's, it's only seven, four yeah. o'clock on the on the uh, in Pacific time zone. I'm over here on. On Vancouver Island, and oh, okay. uh, yeah, it's four o'clock. It's not quite five o'clock somewhere. So, gosh, oh, it's yeah. like seven o'clock. Like this is this is evening for me finally. But that's all but, right. by the way, I flipped okay. Phil off. If you guys didn't know, I I, I I flipped the switch and turned his internet off, so he's not going to be coming back anytime soon. <laughs> we'll just say, we'll just say that. Poor Phil. Serena. Poor Phil. Why don't we get to our guest? I think that sounds like a fantabulous idea. So we're going to go ahead and move on 
to introducing our guest for this evening. So tonight we have with us uh, Jason Frazier, and he joined Fox Weather in 2021, where he currently serves as the morning co-anchor of the Streaming Weather Service. Now, prior to joining the network, Frazier served as a meteorologist for WKYC-TV in Cleveland, Ohio, and he spent two years at WTGS-TV in Savannah, Georgia, where he covered several severe weather events, including Hurricane Florence, Irma, and Michael. We don't know any of those names, right? A graduate. (laughs) of Columbia University with a degree in political science, Frazier completed the broadcast meteorology program at Mississippi State University, earning his certificate in meteorology. So Jason, thanks for joining us. I have two questions for you to start. Question number one, what are you drinking tonight? Oh, well, unfortunately, I cannot partake in the drinking. And this is all because I have to wake up in about seven hours. But uh, I have uh, some magic juice, a.k.a. water. And sorry. Hey, hey, you know what? Good old fashioned dihydrogen monoxide. We're okay with that. That's all right. Is is that 2 a.m. you're talking about? That's an early wake up call. 2.45 2.45 is the time I wake up every morning. So as I like to say, I wake up before the chickens. Wow. Oh, man. So you, I'm yeah, assuming you, you got to set an alarm for that, right? You, can, you don't just wake up naturally at 2.45? Well, you know what's interesting is your body does over time adjust. So in about probably 45 minutes, I'm going to start yawning. And at that <laughs> point, I'm like, okay, it's time to go to bed. But what's also odd, too, is that my body, for some reason, knows when it's Friday. Because I will flip back to a quote-unquote normal schedule. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. All right. Jason, I got to, I got to know um, what, so, so I see here you, you majored in political science. Where was the pivot from that? Right. Cause I mean, political science, I feel like that's like politics and Mm -hmm. that's very interesting, but it's not really that related to weather. When did you, when did you be like, you know what? I want to do weather. Like, did you always love weather or what's the story behind that? So my mom will tell you that as a kid, I used to emulate, um, worker. So I would wake up every morning and I would actually say, hey, you know, here's what today's weather is. I grew up, by the way, in New York City. So this was when Al Worker was on the local NBC affiliate here at WNBC. So I always loved weather, but in junior high school, ninth grade, uh, because the junior high schools here in New York City to go up to ninth grade, I decided to take a journalism course. I loved it. And at Columbia as an undergrad, unfortunately, they don't have journalism as an undergraduate mayor, as an undergraduate major, I should say, or meteorology. So opted to do political science. Now, you may think that there's not a lot of correlation, but I would say that as meteorologists, the best thing that we can do is learn how to communicate. Um, We are intelligent folks. We like to talk a lot about science and upper level lows and thermodynamics. But you know, whenever severe weather hits, you got to be able to translate that so that the average person can understand that. So my political science degree, I think, comes in handy every single day. That's awesome. Yep. Go go ahead, Serene. <laughs> no, so so you you got to do that. You know, you started with that. Communication is totally key. Let's talk about a standout weather event for you. What's yeah. an event that? Because I mean, let's just let's dive right into it. Okay. You've you've covered a lot of weather events. Mm-hmm. Let's let's go out. Uh, let's talk about your favorite. Let's just start with that, right? A lot of hurricanes. What's what really has been like? This is the this is the greatest. So you might remember the blizzard of I believe it was '96 here in New York City. It was the first time that I had ever seen New York City shut down, 
And for those of you who have never been to New York City, New York City is literally the city that never sleeps. So when we saw schools shut down, when I saw the train system go offline, I saw the busing system go offline, I said, whoa, what is this thing that magically can have this much power. I mean, we also saw the stock exchange close. The New York public schools had also closed as well. And uh, for those of you who are, aren't from New York, uh, the public school system here never closes. It can be raining outside. It can be raining cats and dogs. And unfortunately, the New York City public school system is still open. And there are funding and political reasons as to why. But it was during that event that I just became very fascinated with this idea of Mother Nature and the power of Mother Nature. And then I started thinking, well, why is it snowing so much? You know, in New York City, we do get, you know, several inches of snow, you know, probably at least once a week, at least when I was a kid. Now it's a little bit less. Matter of fact, we're in our uh, least snowiest uh, year ever. So that's that's pretty interesting. We can talk about that in a little bit. But you know, it was at that moment that I said, I really love weather and I really need to figure out a way to do this, you know, at least at some point in the future. But, you know, one of the things that a lot of people are very surprised to hear about is I didn't start out in television. I didn't start out in weather. I actually started out in banking. And uh, the reason why I started out in banking was because Citibank at the time was recruiting from my college. They said, at 23, we will make you a manager and you can manage millions of dollars. Well, when you're a broke college student and you hear you can manage millions of dollars, uh, that means we're about to get paid. So, yeah, let's think about that. And, you know, I don't... I don't regret it because I think every job that you have always teaches you something. And the banking industry taught me, I think, two things. One, making sure that you always have a goal in life and making sure that that goal is a little bit uncomfortable. And then the second thing is, you know, being able to communicate with people from different walks of life. And, you know, when, when we talk about meteorology, when we talk about you know, some of these systems that are impacting people, we need to always make sure that we communicate it in a way that everybody can understand it. Jason, where are you located right now? Like, where do you live uh, when you're doing this uh, Fox? Sorry? New York City. Oh, you are. Okay. So, so yeah. listen, you've been in uh, Savannah, Georgia, uh, a beautiful, beautiful city, kind of deep South vibe, uh, New York City, you know, the city that never sleeps, everything you um, which is better, the south or the north? The weather north, the the, the weather south. What's more interesting weather? Ooh, you know, uh, and I've also lived out west as well in the, in the Midwest. I've lived in Ohio twice. Yeah, Columbus, Ohio. Columbus, Ohio. Sorry, sorry, sorry to hear that. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying, hey, listen, Ohioans are very special people, and Ohio <laughs> yeah, is very special. Right. Shut oh, up, hey Greg. now, hey now, hey now, hey now. Uh, those are fighting words where I'm from. Um, you know, here's the thing. I'm, I'm going to, you're probably not going to like the answer to the question, but it, it was every single market presented different challenges. And I liked the difference, you know, in market to market. So for example, you know, in Georgia, we were talking a lot about severe thunderstorms every single day and hurricanes. And I remember, you know, as a forecaster, I was very green in Savannah. I was completing my meteorology program at Mississippi State while we had Irma knocking on the door. Wow. So you talk about 
literally reading about how hurricanes form. And okay, so ladies and gentlemen, uh, we have a possible category one storm that is going to, you know, talk about on the job training, right? On uh, literally, literally. (laughs) And, and, you know, uh, luckily, you know, at the time, you know, um, I, my girlfriend at the time who ended up becoming my fiance, who is now my wife, you know, she had said, you know, do what you naturally do best, which is communicate. Uh, but at the same time, it's very hard to do that when you know that you have lives, you know, in your hands. You know, we had people calling the station asking, should I evacuate? Um, and that was a tough call for me because, you have to make sure that you educate people about the danger, but at the same time say, look, it's ultimately your decision. Uh, when we went to the Midwest uh, in Ohio, very different. We don't talk about hurricanes. Why? Hurricanes don't really you know, go all the way up to Ohio. Uh, but now it was a question of ice storms and lake right. effect snow and snowstorms. And, and possibly so- much harder to forecast than you know, that incoming for the last six days hurricane, oh. you know, I, I like, you know, oh. daily snow totals, ice accumulation, all that. I mean, that's got to be much harder thing to forecast. I mean, I don't know. Microclimates. Yeah. I mean, yeah. no, I mean, my, microclimates. I mean, in, in Ohio, a lot of people don't realize, but, you know, o- Ohio, there's a flat portion of Ohio. There's you have to take in account elevation. You have to take in account urban island heat effect. So, you know, you could potentially see a lake effect system coming off of Lake Erie, but it's going to impact the downtown area very differently than a place that may be 10 or 15 miles to your east, like Shaker Heights, which could literally get 12 inches of snow. And the folks on the western part of the city were like, snow? What snow? We see sunshine. Jason, I, the, what I'm wondering is, so, you know, you, you've kind of bounced around a lot of different TV stations. What is that process? I, like I was running that? away from my wife. That's, yeah. that's the reason well, why I was bouncing around. <laughs> what, what is that process like? Like, you know, I feel like we have a lot of viewers who have thought about getting the TV, but maybe straight away from it, either, you know, mm-hmm. because of because of the moving aspect or what what were those, you know, first first, you know, several years like and, and how how did you kind of approach that? Sure. So before I became a meteorologist and in between banking, I was a TV reporter for nine years. So my first job was Rochester, New York. Then I moved to Columbus, Ohio. Then I went to Hartford, Connecticut. Then I became an investigative reporter in Boston, left that job to pursue meteorology, Uh, went to Savannah, Georgia, uh, and then Cleveland, Ohio, and now New York City. So, uh, you know, when you talk about having to reinvent yourself multiple times, (laughs) I'm probably the very definition of that. But, you know, I think each I approach each place as though it's a clean slate, right? Every place is unique. Every place is different. Uh, But one of the things that I learned early on was that, you know, we all as Americans face the same challenges. It's just depending on where you are, we just approach them slightly differently. And so, you know, we struggle with, you know, education in all of these cities. We struggle with infrastructure in all of these cities. We struggle with, you know, the weather and how it impacts certain parts of the city. Um, So for me, that is, I think, what was most enlightening. I think how I would approach it whenever I would come to these cities is I would try to find people who had Uh, the same either background or education as me or some of the same interests, you know, as me. Um, That's how I made friends. Um, The challenge, unfortunately, a lot of times was, you know, when you move to different cities, there you got to find a new doctor, you got to find a new uh, (laughs) restaurant, 
you know, you got to find a new uh, barber, which, you know, you and I both know, uh, mm-hmm. Everybody can't yeah. come here the same way, okay? Yeah, well. yeah. You, you and Phil look like you got a real hard time with that one. Um, <laughs> listen, Jason, one more question from me here. I, I, I got to know what's on your bucket list uh, as like if you were to do it in the field, storm reporting, tornadoes, hurricanes. It's a, mm. it's, a it's the 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 uh, you know ongoing debate among storm chasers, which is which is cooler tornadoes Which or hurricanes. Is cooler. So yeah. It, and it's funny because I just discussed this with a uh, person yesterday who was outside of the meteorology community and they asked me the same question. Honestly, I love hurricanes. Uh, I would love to chase a hurricane. The reason why is because hurricanes are the one type of system that forces you to use multiple portions of your degree. And it is all because of all of the different threats. I mean, you have storm surge, you have flash flooding, you have tornadoes, you have thunderstorms, you have severe thunderstorms. You get almost everything. I mean, you also get hail as well. Unfortunately, we haven't seen snow yet, but you know, hey, you know, maybe one day, even though scientifically that's probably impossible, but you know, it's the one um, it's the one uh, weather phenomena that forces you to use so many different aspects of your not only personal history as a meteorologist, but also uh, your weather degree. So I was hoping you were going to say tornado. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm Greg, sorry. Greg is disappointed. No, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I was going to I was I was going to offer to take you storm chasing uh, on the plane. I will but... gladly take you up on it. Honestly, that that's that's on the bucket list. I, w- I would love to do that. Well, we are actually doing it. Uh, the the Stormfront Freaks are doing our second annual pilgrimage to the plains this spring at the end of May. And uh, yeah, if you're if Jason, you're don't let him fool you. He gave me the tornado guarantee, and I didn't see any tornadoes. So I'm just uh-oh, saying right uh-oh, now, uh-oh, I didn't see okay. any, and I don't know so what ba- I'm gonna do. So basically, <laughs> he's he's like the guy who says he's gonna pay at the end of the day and gets exactly. the check and says, "Can you leave <laughs> exactly. the tip?" Yeah. Okay. Yep. Gotcha. Yep. That's exactly what happened. So, but Jason. Uh, do do they do they send you out? Um, are you are you mostly in studio, or or do they like like do you ever get the chance to, you know, go out and actually like I don't know if there's a volunteer process or if it's just like your director that that makes that decision or. So um, unfortunately, I haven't been able to go out as much as I would like, but you know, part of that has to do with. Um, the position I'm in, you know, right mm. now, you know, it's it's really about building an audience. You know, anytime that you launch a new product, you know, you got to build the audience first. So we have to keep certain people in certain places. So I have been out, you know, before. How, how, how is the audience building going? Like, how, how's the service doing? So I, th- I think the service overall is doing really well. I mean, we have over 2 million downloads for the Fox Weather app. So, oh, wow. I mean, you know, when you, when you think about just how hard it is to create an app and then on top of that, how hard it is just to get people to find and then download your app. You know, we have over 2 million people um, that, you know, are, are on our app. So that's a lot of people. You know, we, of course, much like some of our competitors, we see a huge spike, you know, whenever there are major events, yeah. you know, that happen. Like, like tomorrow. Um, like potentially tomorrow. Well, even though this was going to air next week, so we oh, should say right. like yeah. last Friday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. Right. What are we yeah. doing? He's, he's better at podcasting than we are. <laughs> That's wow. okay. That's okay. Wow. That's okay. That's okay. But yeah, but okay, Greg, let me, it, let me last help you Friday out on Thursday, last Friday. Looks really good. 
yeah. Um, you know, like like we have seen in the in the past. And so, you know, I, I think the the biggest challenge right now that I think we all have as a community is how do we keep people engaged outside of those major weather events? And right. I think that as an industry, we need to start showing people more. And, and this is not a critique of my news network. I'm just saying just as a whole, we're showing the intersection of weather and everything else. And I think that, you know, people think about weather. And, and, and I love this because whenever you meet people at a cocktail par- party, what's the first thing that they ask? Man, how was the weather? You know, you know, and that's, you know you're often like, yeah, well, it's my job. But <laughs> there is, you know. Great. Yep. Nothing like a degree in, in water cooler talk. That's how I feel about my meteorology degree sometimes. Like, oh, great. Yeah, that's. <laughs> so, Jason, uh, two million downloads. You're you're getting to our numbers. That's that's not too bad. But hey, we're uh, we're gonna take a short break. It is uh, time for a storm chaser safety tip, and we'll be right back with more from Jason. Time for this edition of Stormfront Fruits Podcast Storm Chaser Safety Tip. Join retired fire battalion chief Randy Denzer, EMA director Eddie Aldrin, and police officer Eric Fox as we discuss some of the most common storm chaser safety pitfalls to avoid. Hey, so we're talking storm chaser safety tips, and I've got Eddie Aldrin. He's a former law enforcement officer and current storm chaser and director of emergency management for Nemaha County in Kansas. We've also got Eric Fox, current police officer in Davis, Oklahoma, and field correspondent for Weather Nation TV. Gentlemen, let's talk about those uh, crazy hazard lights, the light bars some chasers really like to use, um, others just kind of want to know when I should use my hazards, when not. And certainly this comes from someone who, whose biggest pet peeve is being in a rainstorm directly behind someone whose flashers are just bright in my eyes and I can't even see where I'm driving. Eric, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, maybe when is a good time to use them? When you're stopped off the roadway, that's it. There's no other reason legally, morally, or useful purpose to use them. Um, when you're moving, you're moving. Uh, there's no reason to notify people the, by flashing lights because you hit the nail on the head. All you're doing is creating a hazard by those flashing lights because there's no, I, I mean, it's bright lights being reflected off billions of raindrops. So, what use is that going to do other than blind other people? So really most places, and I'll let Eddie talk about this too. It's illegal to use. Uh, most people don't realize this. Um, the only time that you can legally use any kind of beacon flashing lights, I don't care what kind of lights, strobes, whatever, is if you're stopped on the side of the roadway and that is okay because you do want to let people know that you're stopped, but anytime you're moving, you should not use those lights. Eddie, so let me ask you this, because personally, I have seen times 
that they have been helpful when I've been on the interstate and uh, there might be some vehicles out in front of me that all of a sudden are, are hitting a microburst or they're hitting hail and I might not have been able to see them in some of the whiteout conditions without having some hazard lights on. Um, but yes, they are moving. So I don't, I don't know. Is that a good time? Not a good time. Uh, I, I would say as long as they're not kept on, on any extended amount of time. Uh, I spoke on this topic last year at the national storm chaser summit, uh, there in Oklahoma city, uh, through my research for that presentation, pretty much every state has a law making it illegal to drive down the road. Like, uh, Eric had said with those lights on some of the penalties if they were up to the amount of, uh, lower level misdemeanor. It's more than just a ticket. I mean, if you get a if you get one of those on your record, I mean, it'll put you out of uh, some jobs that uh, require you not to have that on your record. Well, I I was going to ask you this then too. If you can answer the question as a former uh, police officer, what about non yellow hazard lights? What what about reds, blues, those lights? Um, because I've certainly been chasing a situation where I see reds or blues behind me. And my natural reaction is, okay, this must be someone that needs to get through. And I, I pulled over only to find out that it was a storm chaser that actually had the reds and blues. Right. So that's absolutely illegal, 100%, no matter what state you are in uh, in the nation. Uh, that's where it gets up to the misdemeanor level of criminal activity, because depending on the way a law enforcement officer sees it, you could be impersonating a law enforcement officer, and the way that laws are written in each state, having a red light or a blue light or both will constitute as you impersonate a law enforcement officer, which carries a very heavily or very heavy penalty that could uh, result in um, several days in jail. It, it, and I will, t- I'll, I'll go up even more uh, from Eddie. So, you know, I'm a licensed police officer in Texas, in Oklahoma, both these states, it's a felony. Okay, if you are running red and blues and not a an emergency personnel, um, you are subject to a felony conviction. And everybody, I don't have to be the dead horse on that about felony convictions. I talked about it at length uh, on, on last time I was on with you guys. But it it is a felony conviction in Oklahoma and Texas to illegally run red and blue light. If you're not a cop or firefighter or emergency man- uh, management personnel and you're doing that, you are committing a felony in those two states. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. All right, so we're back here with Jason Frazier. So Jason, I want to know this. I'd I'd reached out originally to Rick Reichmuth. He's been on the show a couple times with us uh, uh, with Fox News. And I know he'd, he'd kind of been a, a certainly a big part of, of Fox weather and getting that thing running. I, I kind of want to know a little bit about that, getting that start up. I mean, 
how that started, what your, your take as a meteorologist, um, you know, what, what was involved in getting that streaming service started? What have been some of the hiccups you feel, you know, that you guys have had that you've had to work out and figure out? Cause that's, that's a pretty bold move 24 seven programming, um, to have a, an all right. You're basically going Fox weather. Yeah. That's so tell us about that. Yeah. So Look, I, I think that um, Lachlan Murdoch, uh, a much, much, much smarter individual than I am. <laughs> uh, I think, you know, him and our management team, you know, they all looked at the landscape and they, and they said, you know, what would be a natural progression for, you know, what we do? And what is also, you know, an area where we may possibly not be meeting the needs? And weather was one of those entities. And so, you know, this had been something that they have been talking about for a while. And, you know, I was just very fortunate enough to just be a part of it. You know, I think the, the challenge whenever you start out is, you know, building an audience, you know, making sure that people understand that you're different than what's actually out there. So one of the things that I think we had to figure out early on is just regular stuff, you know, that you would just, when you first launch a company, you don't have any rules. You don't have any regulations. So now, you know, we have to figure out, okay, during tornado warnings, you know, what should we do? Should we cover every single tornado warning? Is there maybe a minimum to what we should do in terms of population size? Uh, who should do it? How many meteorologists should be on one program versus another? Uh, we also had to, you know, figure out things like scheduling, you know, how many meteorologists should we have, you know, in the mornings versus afternoons versus evenings. So, you know, these are all, you know, just challenges that I think we've done a great job at working through. I think my biggest uh, surprise, I think, in all of this is the amount of people who have found us, you know, just by... I mean, osmosis. I mean, I think we have a great marketing team. I, I probably should say that. And, you know, I have people from my like childhood who are like, hey, I just saw you in DC. Did you know that you were on TV in DC? And I'm like, oh, okay. Hey, I, hello, Washington, DC. Uh, <laughs> you know, hey, did you know you're in, you're in TV in Atlanta? I didn't, but hello, ATL. You know, so I think that that's been the biggest surprise for me is just how many people have found us in a short amount of time? You know, we've only been live a year and a half, you know, and I think for some people, you know, that's a real shocker because when you watch us on camera, it seems like we've been doing this for a decade, but I think it really speaks to, you know, our, the strength of our leadership team and, and, and the people who are a part of this product. There's a lot of really, really smart people that are a part of this product. So, so you talked a little bit about tornado coverage. Um, so let's hit that a little bit more because what, what have you found out? What have you guys found out is working best for you when it comes to national tornado coverage? And, and then also talk about uh, hurricane coverage. Obviously, I'm sure Ian was a, a, a big, uh, big boost for you guys too. But maybe talk about those, what you guys have figured out in covered, covering those storms. Yeah, so I, I think what was different about covering a tornado locally versus nationally, you know, locally, when you're in Cleveland, everybody's going to care about 
the tornado in Cleveland because it's probably either impacting a person that they know or it's impacting them. And so there was never a question in Cleveland or in Savannah whether or not we should go on. When you're a part of a national network, the, the question now becomes, well, if a tornado is coming to a town that maybe is only impacting 10,000 people, would all of the people around the country who are watching that, would they care? You know, and, and that I think is, is part of the challenge is, you know, even if they may not see that it's applicable, you know, how do you ensure that it's something that is visually uh, both educational and how do you also make sure that you're protecting the life who's watching you in that town of less than 10,000 people? So that unfortunately is is a challenge that, you know, we're, we're I think still honestly working through and trying to figure out. Um, you know, in terms of hurricane coverage, I think, you know, one of the one of the things I'm, I'm most proud of is we not only cover the storm before, we cover the storm during, and we also cover the storm after. And I think many of our competitors, unfortunately, and again, I don't want to be, I don't want to take a swipe too much at our competitors here, but I think a lot of people, you know, they see the damage and then they leave, you know, a day or two later. We don't do that. You know, we keep going back. And I think for a lot of people, they forget about what I call the weather adjacent stories. And when I think about, you know, what just happened, you know, what happened a couple of months ago in Mayfield or, you know, what just happened in Amory, um, Mississippi, or, you know, over in Rolling Fork, Mississippi, you know, this is a place where, unfortunately, these are places, I should say, where you had entire towns wiped out. You had people's lives destroyed. I mean, forever. Um, this is not just a story of, hey, that tornado or, you know, that hurricane, you know, in, in talking about Hurricane Ian just came in and moved on. And then that's it. And people magically get their lives back together. You know, we're, we're talking about six months later. Um, you may not still have a home. You may still be waiting for the insurance uh, to kick in. Why is that? You know, that's where I'm most proud of that we're still there, we're still covering, we're still asking those questions. We just did the six month anniversary with uh, Hurricane Ian. One of the things I was just surprised about was all of the attention that that uh, Fort Myers got, all of the help that they got, and there were still homes that need to be gutted. The pier is still in shambles. Um, a lot of the infrastructure has been rebuilt, but there's still a lot of people who unfortunately have not returned because their homes are uninhabitable. Yeah. It's still, yeah, you, I mean, you, you hit a nail on the head and it's just like by bringing attention to that, you know, people, I feel like lose track of a natural disaster after a day or two when help is needed for years afterwards. I mean, you hit the nail on the head there and it's just, you know, you, you can see it firsthand. Yeah, Jason, you had mentioned uh, what happened in Mississippi, and uh, you know that was—I uh, mean, it was heartbreaking. I mean, it doesn't matter what channel you turned on or what what footage you saw. You know, there's there was some really incredible clips floating around. Um, but you said, you know, you said like, I, I, what point do you determine is this a national story, right? Um, you know, it's yeah, like Rolling Fork, small town, thousand people. But I think that the the scale of that devastation was such that everybody would care about it, right? And obviously you guys did as well. So maybe just speak to that a little bit about that vetting process, or I guess honestly, what you are as a curator, you're curating the the news that we get to see 
So tell me about that process, what your involvement is and, and like, just how does that all happen? Because there's stories every day. How do you pick which ones hit the air? Sure. I, I think part of this is also, you know, as a TV person, I always have to think about visually, how am I telling this story? You know, what, what is it that someone in New York or LA or, you know, Chicago, wherever people are, why would they care? And so, you know, as a storyteller, you know, I, I think first things first as broadcasters, I think we are storytellers. Um, and then our second job is we are educators is, you know, we always have to figure out what is that line. And, you know, I mean, Greg, to your point, I mean, sometimes, you know, things do happen, but they don't they don't unfortunately rise to the level of the litmus test, you know, because we have to say, well, what can we show? You know, we, we, yes, it's rain, you know, maybe in this particular town, seven days, you know, straight, but like, what can we show, you know, so that when we explain, Hey, you know, this is exactly what flash flooding looks like. Um, what can we show? And sometimes we can't, we don't have the visual image. So part of it is do, do we, do we have the video? Yeah, going? copy that. Um, part of it is, is this a normal thing uh, for this particular part of the country? And also, I think part of it too is, do we have a face, you know, to put on that thing? You know, people I think are responsive to graphics, but people are way more responsive to people. When you actually see someone, you know, who has been impacted by something, there is nothing that I could say that could replace what that person said. Yeah. And I know, especially with what happened in Mississippi, you know, some of those areas they were saying they're not sure if the warning systems worked, like really low income families, you know, you know, entire neighborhoods with minorities. That's I mean, <laughs> that's that makes it a lot more difficult. And that's really hard. You know, these are places that need to be covered. And, you know, and sometimes I think need to be highlighted more and covered more because you don't know what they're not getting. You don't know what messaging they're missing. And by including it, you're saving lives. But then you're going to you know, frustrate somebody in Atlanta because this isn't here and I don't care about that right now or because the Braves game is on and I'm picking, I'm unfairly picking on Atlanta right now, but <laughs> like it's, it's a balance. We love Atlanta. Okay. Love Atlanta. My wife grew, no grew up. Yes. Yeah. You know, I, I think you bring up a, an interesting point that I think a lot of newsrooms have not really hit on, which I think is this very idea of weather equity, right? Um, each storm that impacts an area is going to impact each person differently, right? So, yeah. you know, with Fort Myers, for example, you know, there was a subset of the population that, you know, this was their second home, right? So, uh, again, I'm not disputing the fact that it wasn't devastating. I'm not disputing the fact that, um, you know, for a lot of people, it changed their lives, but that storm is going to impact that person differently than someone who may make $10 an hour, Right. And, you know, they live in a manufactured home like this is this is all we don't have life insurance. We can't afford insurance. And so, you know, part of I think what was more heartbreaking with Rolling Fork and Amory uh, with the, the most recent tornado outbreak was, you know, not only are you talking about, you know, the working class folks that are living check to check, but, you know, we're not talking about with people with expensive smartphones. And, you know, we're not talking about, you know, people who have backup systems and savings accounts. And so, you know, how do we make sure that whenever these weather events happen, that one, 
Um, we're educating people about why it happened. And then two, we're discussing the impact. And then three, we're also saying to someone who is, to your point, in Atlanta, in New York, wherever, hey, there is a way for you to help. Okay, so Jason, let me ask the uh, the question then. As a, as a man of color, do you feel a responsibility to tell that story for that community and for those communities as Serena described, like is like some of those places that got hit in Mississippi were like extremely poverty stricken, like very low income communities. Do you have that kind of responsibility? Is that part of your makeup? Like, I mean, sure. Well, here's the thing. I do not ever feel that a person's color can dictate them speaking up about something, right? Right. And so just as, you know, I speak a lot about, uh, up about women's issues and the fact that, you know, women still, especially in our industry, make up significantly, you know, not only less in terms of the not money, but they still make on average anywhere between 60 to 70 cents for every dollar that a man makes. And so I think we all can bring different ideas to the table, you know, regardless of where we come from. Um, you know, I think that there's a much bigger conversation uh, to be had about, you know, what I call weather equity, which is, you know, this idea about, you know, weather events and how they impact different communities uh, of color, you know, differently than, than, you know, predominantly white communities and whether or not they necessarily get the coverage that they should be getting. Um, but I also think that there are certain things that, you know, from a gender perspective that I don't think that, you know, we cover. Um, you know, that because of, you know, my background, I'm a little bit more um, empathetic to because, you know, I was raised by my mom and I have a very, you know, strong wife, you know, at home, you know, who's very much about like, no, you know, you know, women are equal and, you know, we need to make sure that we keep hitting that. So, you know, Greg, I think it's a great question. You know, I, to your point about, you know, whether or not I, I feel, you know, a burden to tell that um, sometimes. Because, you know, when, when I do look at the national coverage, um, I do see an inequity, you know, in how certain things are covered. But I think a lot of it is um, I think, just by asking, you know, certain questions, just saying, hey, you know, why is this happening? You know, and, and are people necessarily getting the resources? One last thing I'll, I'll say about Rolling Fork and, and, you know, just taking um, ethnicity out of the conversation you know, I think anytime that we talk about natural disasters, I think the challenge that we need to figure out uh, both is, you know, first responders. I call it second responders. <laughs> we show up after the first responders do is, you know, when, when people's lives have been destroyed, they don't necessarily have access to either funding or they don't have access to their IDs, their their passports, their state driver's license, et cetera. And that is what holds up the rebuilding process. And so what are some things that I think we can do at either the local state or national level to help expedite that process? Because, you know, a year later, you know, we shouldn't be talking about, you know, people having tarps on their homes. This is the United States of America. That That's exactly right. Right. Is it, yeah. It shouldn't, shouldn't take that long is what. Yeah. 
Yeah. You hit on what for our, you know, one last question I have is you hit on something earlier too. We talked about, you know, difference in income and um, race. And then you mentioned gender as well and talk about the inequalities with women in, in broadcast. I remember when I did broadcast, I got some very interesting emails. And I'd like to believe the guys get some very entertaining emails from the public as well. So give us an example of. Um, probably one of the funniest or most outrageous pieces of, you know, advice you got or email you got from the general public since you've been in this industry. Ooh, uh, this is a good Great one. Um, I, I, I will say this is, is someone who does have several uh, women mentees. Y'all do get some, I'll, I'll call it interesting uh, responses. Okay. <laughs> we have a whole oh, segment. More of them. We, have, yeah. we have a whole segment on this a whole show. Segment. Yeah, and, 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 and honestly, I, I do think some of the criticism is unfair, and I do think that we need to have a, a much bigger national conversation about why um, we hold certain people to different standards, even though we're doing the same job. Uh, but to your point, um, let's see here. I think, oh, so the funniest story, um, and, and I'm sure someone will get offended by this, but whatever. <laughs> this was early on in Savannah, Georgia. I was doing a forecast and I always used the bathroom before, right? So to Brady's point, I Smart. like to drink a lot of water. Okay. <laughs> so I always make sure they use the bathroom before. And I was rushing. I, I was about to do my forecast and I was like, okay, it's fixing my tie and good. We did our three minute hit. And then I walked back to my desk and I was like, yeah, I was like, all right, that was good. So all of a sudden, I started getting several emails, right? I started seeing my inbox start to fill up because the messages started appearing on the bottom. And I was like, wow, okay, man. Uh, clearly people thought that that was a great weather forecast. Then I started seeing my Twitter light up. Oh man, okay, yeah. All right, well, I nailed this bad boy. So I opened up the first email. Hey bro, XYZ. Oh no. <laughs> I open up another email. So, Jason, I was distracted by your weather forecast because the entire time, I don't think you realized, but your zipper was open. Um, <laughs> great to see that you have a well-rounded forecast. And, uh, <laughs> okay. So, uh, oh, please, said, please tell me you've got some video of that somewhere. Uh, no. I made sure that that tape was not only burned, destroyed, <laughs> and also somewhere far beneath the oh. South China Sea. Oh. But yes, there were, there was, there was. I'll never forget that because you know, hey, listen, it's a natural, it's a natural thing, right, that we do as human beings. But who knew? That's who knew? awesome. That's I was exactly. wide open the entire time. Oh. Well, hey, that's uh, that's the sound. Jason, it's time for our lightning round. So this is our game show of flashy and brilliant questions. We play with our guest. Okay. Uh, tonight, I, I'll tell you what, I had a little trouble with this tonight because I was looking at, you know, at your bio. Sometimes I look to see, hey, what are your hobbies? What do you do? And and I was trying to find something creative and I saw bowling and I saw fantasy football. And I'm like, maybe mm. we can do a game show on fantasy bowling. Ooh, wow. There was, there's nothing like there's nothing on fantasy bowling. It doesn't exist. I, so you're nice telling try. me there's no fantasy bowling league? I, I well, let's start it. What are we doing? 
I couldn't find anything on the PBA. No, no PBA. That, 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 that may good. end up being the multi-million dollar idea, you know, for you. I'm yeah, just letting you, you know. There you go. Well, yeah, I'll get to that, I'm sure. So <laughs> so here we go. I, I, had to, I had to pull out a classic, and, and this is sometimes a hard one, uh, Jason, but this is uh, Trivial Pursuit Pop okay. Culture. Okay. Uh-oh. So Trivial Pursuit Pop Culture, and I'll be honest with you, like when I bought this, because I thought, oh, these are going to be some good, fun questions to play with guests, and it was, these are hard. Like, I, I don't know what year these came out, probably somewhere in the 2000s maybe, but th- these are hard. So I actually, here's what I had to do. I had to take three cards to find enough questions that I thought would be legit that, that we would anybody would know. Like that's how hard these are. In so, my Phil, am I am I allowed to phone a friend or ask my wife? No. Well, yeah, or what heck? Yeah. What the heck? We don't really have okay. any rules right. here. So yeah, you can okay. ask the wife. Right. And right. here's what we do: we always let the freaks chime in too. If they think they might know the answer, you can you know, pull pull the freaks. Uh, you can do that as well. So we're gonna go through all six. You're gonna get a question from each of the six categories: uh, movies, television, music, sports, and games. Uh, buzz, I don't know what that is, and fads. So those are the six categories. All right, and okay. and I I think I picked. I think you can get these. So I I really think you're going to run the table on this. That's, that's I, I'm, my I'm glad that you have way more confidence in me than I yeah. do. Right now, because <laughs> I I am internally freaking out right now. I'm just well, you Jason. Know. Jason, for knowing the freaks, we're not going to be any help at all. So good luck. <laughs> Good All right, luck. so here we go. We're going to start with movies. I think I think this is I'm th- giving you a softball on this one. Um, which branch of the armed forces do the pilots of Top Gun fly for? Ooh, what is so? I, I originally wanted to say say Space Force. I mean, just to be funny, but uh, <laughs> what is what is the Air Force? It is oh, wait, not the Air wrong. Force. Top Gun Marine, Marine Corps. Marine Corps is in a, is in a you branch of the government. Watch, or the, did you guys not see Maverick? I mean, yeah, this, this came out Navy before this. Is it Navy? Serena. Oh, my God. Yeah, Navy. Navy? Oh. I'm disappointed. It's the U.S. Navy. Okay. They, they well, fly well, off of uh, oh, aircraft they do carriers. Fly off aircraft carriers. Air Force right. in the Navy? Uh, or are they the same thing? Oh, oh my brain. gosh. All right, before we, before right, well, we d- well, dig ourselves. Well, you learn something new every day. That's right. All right, here we go. Television. for one. Redeem. Redeem. Uh, what is the theme song to CSI? Oh, the television like show word? CSI. Oh my! Oh wait, wait. this is gonna come to you me. You can phone oh, a friend. <sighs> you can, Brady, uh, Brady, can I, can I, can I phone, phone you, sir? Sure. Yeah, I got it. Uh, <laughs> CSI, we're gonna oh solve God. the crime. Wow. Oh no, God, no. Jason has so Jason, many regrets right now. It, isn't it the Who? No, so I don't know, sorry. Jason. What 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 do we what do you think? I'm, I'm the funny thing is I'm replaying the intro for CSI in my head right now, and I cannot remember the name of the song. I can see him taking off his glasses and, and looking so serious. And <laughs> I'm like, wait, I'm like, what is what is the? Mm. All right, I guess I'm gonna go zero for two. All right, Stalin, Jason. Is I'm there never an gonna have audio, Phil. I am never gonna. Who be- are you? I'm never going to be invited back. <laughs> Got a shot. This is the theme for CSI. Huh. When is this, this is actually the part? This is not like this is not like, this. not like modern. 
Get it? Who are you? All right. So what, what's the name of the song, Jason? Hold on. Wait. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna just. You're gonna, gonna try to it. Shazam it? I'm gonna, I'm no. Gonna, you mean. don't let him do that, Phil. Give him a right now. Yeah, you you tell me. Tell me what the CSI oh. theme song is. <laughs> Hold on. Google's thinking about it right now. Hold on. <laughs> Google doesn't know. My never had a guest. Phil, All right, ever. it's uh, it's who are you? It's who are you by the Who? Who are you by the Who? That's the name of the song. All right, we're moving to music because I think I think this is it. This is it. This is your savior, okay. Jason. Who sang the Ghostbusters theme song? Oh. <laughs> I don't know who sang it, but I can sing it. Who are you gonna call? Yeah, your wife. No, ask your wife. She's got to know. There's something strange. Yeah, you got to be the Who. Half a point for the singing, like I mean, like, I think so. You got to give him something. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll give yeah, that yeah, to yeah. you. That it's it's okay. either the the singer is either uh, Jason Frazier or Ray Parker Jr. So either one we would have accepted. Oh, yeah. So you're good. Right. Hold on, hold on. Garrett got that. I I'm calling bullcrap on that. He has to have looked that up. No, There's Garrett no is way. Garrett is a Garrett? wealth of information. All right, sports Garrett? and games. Sports and games. Okay. You All got right. you got this, Jason. I, what college bass? What college basketball powerhouse plays its home games on Coach K Court? Oh, um, uh, NC State. Duke. Was it Duke? Duke. Was it Duke? Coach I knew K. It was I knew Coach Kruzerowski. Dag it. Okay. That's all right. Now, Jason is 0 for 4. Kruzerowski? I don't want Jason on Ever remember team. that Bud Light commercial? So, hey, okay. aren't so, you Coach Kruzerowski? The the funny thing is, I just saw a Netflix documentary uh, with him, and it was about the Dream Team and about how he coached the Dream Team. So, yep, ninety two. Yep. yep. All right, you still got two more, so that's all right. We're in good shape. I mean, you got a half I mean, point, right? To, to, to my is... in, in my defense, okay, Phil. <laughs> Uh, number one, uh, you didn't tell me what the categories were prior to the program. Uh, number oh. two. I am terrible at pop culture. Uh, science? <laughs> hey. Football? I mean. No, no, number one, your first point, I, who cares? No no one knows what the questions are going to be before they show no up. And that's part no of the fun. Here. But but uh, number two, yeah, it's pretty obvious. You obviously don't know anything about pop culture. I thought I picked the easy ones, too. Hey, All right, here we go. Do the here whole go. hurricanes and supermodels one. Here we go. This is buzz is. category. Buzz category. This, this I'll, I'll be honest now. I thought these were easy. These, these might be tough for you, Jason. What <laughs> actor? What actor did Melanie Griffith move in with at the age of fourteen and eventually marry? Is that a real name? Melanie Griffith. 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 Okay, hold on, hold on. Uh, oh my Sean gosh. Griffin. Sean, oh no, um, oh God. Garrett, Garrett said Duke, so I'm not sure if that's the right answer. <sighs> All right, is that, that song ring a bell? No, um, that's friends. That Miami Vice. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I, I was gonna say for a second, I'm like, wait, was that the original SWAT? Uh, uh, it's but no. Don Johnson, Jason. Don. Oh my God, Greg. Okay. Don that's Johnson. a made-up name. That's just a fake name. That's not even a real name. No, his legal name is actually. You, if, you think, if you if you think her name is made up, wait till you see her face. All right. So here's here's the last one. This is this is fads. Jason, have you ever heard of the California Raisins? 
Of course I've heard of the California Raisins. All right. I went to go see them at Radio City Music Hall. As okay. A Dude, you've got to get this one. What song did the California Raisins first dance to? You saw them. <laughs> I saw them when I was like five. I don't remember what I ate for lunch last week. Okay. We- this has song? turned into the best trivia so, we've ever done. So I'm going to go with the California Raisin song. Oh my okay. goodness. Which which it, it might be known as that. I'm playing it right now. We're not talking about a fruit, right? We're talking about What's the song? Isn't that the song? Ooh, I heard it through the Alright, I'm giving it to you, baby. It's yeah. it's I heard it through the grapevine. Marvin Gaye. Um, so clearly, Phil, um, I need to stick to weather. Uh, clearly. Oh no, no, no! You no. don't. This hey. is this is solid gold. Clear, <laughs> clearly, I should have come up with fantasy segment. bowling questions. Is what I'm thinking. YouTube right now, and I'm tagging everyone like, in. Listen, it. I, I want I want you to know. I know what I'm good at. I know what I'm not good at. Okay. I am not the guy that you call whenever you, you want pop culture. Not the phone a friend. Jason, I'm, I'm with you. The- I didn't know any of them. So I'm right there with you. All hey, right. So Jason, do this. Let let our uh, let our listeners know how to find Fox the Fox Weather app and then um, let them know how they can find you on social media. Okay. Well, if, if somehow you still want to follow me after that disaster <laughs> performance, you're going to get more from this. I know, right? More. I know. Well, yeah. possibly, right? Yeah. Here we go. And, and, and if they're like, why did 100,000 people just download our app? This is the reason why, because <laughs> you bombed uh, during the lightning round. Uh, so you can go to your Apple or the Google Play Store. Just search Fox Weather. It's the first app that pops up. Uh, my face is also on there as well. I'm the one smiling, the, the most handsome one there. Uh, so what you can also do is you can click the Watch Live button as well. Once you download that, you can watch me every morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on Fox Weather. If you want to follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, just go to Jason Fraser TV, F-R-A-Z-E-R. All right, so we're going to go ahead. We're going to take our final break, uh, but don't miss our WX resources and hashtag weather fools. Hey, this is Rick Reichmuth. I'm the Chief Meteorologist at Fox News and the founder of Weatherman Umbrella, and you are listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. Let's take a drive under the moon. Let's take a drive under the somber sky. Let's take a drive under the moon. Who is that? That's the who. Who am I? I'm Brady with the VR headset on. What is this segment? This segment is Weather Fools. Now, what is Weather Fools for those that it's your first time watching or maybe you're just a little forgetful? Weather Fools is us as the freaks. We're going out on the internet. We're going out on the dark web, as Phil likes to say. We're trying to find videos, tweets, or just anything that we can find of people doing something not so smart and it deals with the weather. Now, Phil, I'm going to start with you because I, I know you're, you're going to bring the, bring the pain again today with four weather fools. You want to go first. Okay. So here we go. Uh, so the first one, this is from 
Twitter, the Wyoming, uh, Wyoming Highway Patrol. And so this is a dash cam from a highway patrol officer, and the officer's walking oh back to his God. patrol car. Whoa! And a semi-truck. So it's everything's Whoa. right, snowy, icy. <sighs> and a semi-truck just cut inside his oh my vehicle God. and oh almost my took God. him out. I, that is so close. That is That ridiculous. is one of the scariest things I've ever seen. Agreed. Oh, wow. Look at how fast it's going right into the median. He was like walking with his head down, just right. being like, well, another day, you know, working the Wyoming Highway Patrol. And then, <laughs> holy crap. All right, but I mean, next... I, I think it shows, though, how dangerous that job is working on the highway. Wow. Yeah. Especially wow. in those conditions, wow. even. Jeez. That's the luckiest guy I've ever it's seen. It's like how he got out of the way. He like Scooby Dooed himself right across the front. <laughs> Did you see that? Yeah. How he started running, but he didn't move yet? Yeah. He just he started moving his feet, but he wasn't moving yet. Then all of a sudden, finally, he got going. The all cartoon right, music. One. Oh, my God. Next one uh, Tanner, Cha- uh, Tanner Charles. As uh, a storm chaser up in Minnesota. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know how to explain this. <laughs> <laughs> so he's, he's out of bed. He's out of bed, literally a bed with the, the nightstand and lights and everything. And he's being towed behind a pickup truck <laughs> down the street somewhere in Minnesota in the snow. <laughs> Why would he do that? <laughs> now... <laughs> there's clearly no police around because that can't be legal. <laughs> no, I, I really don't think it's legal at all. <laughs> it's funny so, as hell, though. That's like you roll a dice and this most random things come up. You're like, well, I guess I'm going to go tie my bed to the truck and ride it through the snow. <laughs> Truth or dare. Oh, my so goodness. The, he said yeah. the bed didn't make it much further past this point. started falling apart, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, then we've had some rain out in California, and uh, this is a, a tweet in L.A., and somebody's Porsche um, got stuck in a flood on the highway, and he's just, he, what's funny is that he's in the middle of this highway all by himself on the top of his convertible Porsche, and he's, like, calling for help, but the, the water can't be more than, what, two or three, f- two feet deep? He That's just doesn't want to get car. his pants wet. But he doesn't want to get his pants or his shoes wet. <laughs> it looks so like he's, he's wearing like leather pants. He's yeah. calling for help. This LA guy he could, who doesn't he could know literally to do. just walk away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I need a helicopter to get me off this car because I don't want to walk. There's vehicles the driving water. to the left of him where it's yeah. where it's not as he's deep like, and help. No, he's like, help, can someone come and get me? I don't want to get my leather shoes wet. My mom said if my socks get wet, I'm going to get a cold. <laughs> That's pretty good, wow. Phil. All right, and then wow. the last one, Serena. This is for you. Uh, this was from oh. uh, the slopes. I don't know where this is, oh, uh, but this was this. a ski slope somewhere. And it's on Instagram, and, and someone was taking the tow rope, right, was, was uh, taking a tow rope up the hill on a, uh, ski, on a snowboard and, and lost control and started falling down the slope, taking everybody yeah. on the tow rope, taking everybody out. Every Boom, single one. Boom, there goes a skier, one. another skier, <laughs> two skiers, <laughs> two more skiers. Oh, my God. Oh my. 
Uh, He's just taking them out as he goes. It's pretty amazing. It's like, it's like better than bowling. Like, he couldn't have got more had he tried. Yeah. Right. I mean, he's going right down the middle. That guy watched a little too much Mario Kart as a kid. <laughs> wow. Look at him at the beginning, too. He's like, he's like prepping to hit that guy. I mean, he's like putting his board up in front of him like... Oh, and I just God. love the way the skis and boards are just scattering <laughs> flying everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, they're, flying they're all everywhere. over the place. Uh, oh, okay, so well, we're good. Phil, Phil, that was great stuff, as always. Uh, you always bring the heat on this segment, so appreciate that. Uh, let's go over to Serena. Serena, who is your weather fool this week? Sure, yeah. So my weather fool, I found this really interesting video. Um, and I know we've talked about it a little bit before. There was some other weather fools. I'm going to go ahead and click play on this. Um, if your hair, when you're sitting somewhere exposed, is standing up on edge like hers oh, is, that <laughs> oh, means my God. you're about to be struck by lightning. And so I did this PSA video uh, to talk about this. And I'm not trying to do a weather fool. I'm not trying to shame them because they probably didn't know. I want to educate people here. That oh, you can if, shame them too. It's okay. Oh my you God. You can do I both can. at the same time. <laughs> you can do both at the same time. <laughs> yeah. So your odds of being hit by lightning are like one in a million. But if your hair looks like that, your odds drop to like one in 10. And it's because the way lightning forms, it reaches like you have the lightning that comes down from the top and then you have it come from the bottom and there's like high speed cameras that's caught all this. And it's really cool stuff. So she's basically, when your hair does that, you become one of those like little leaders where lightning is potentially, you know, like the, the those electrons are saying, hey, we want to get the heck out of here. And it, they try to leave through your hair and you could very, very, very easily be hit by lightning. So please don't do this, especially for storm chasing. I think a lot of chasers know this, but I can't stress it enough. If you're standing out chasing outside of your car, whatever, and your hair does that, leave everything and get in your car please quickly as quickly as you can because your odds of being hit by lightning when that is happening is very 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 high and serena just to be clear um in this video we're not looking at the the woman on the left right the one on the, the left, left her hair one is fine her, yeah it's no the one on the right okay the one on it. the right is the problem got the one it. on okay. the left is a very highly regarded meteorologist i hear <laughs> Um, I think she's like written even a book. I don't oh know. Oh my so god! She's yeah. So she's she's okay. It's the one on the right. Right, right. Oh look, I have the same sweater. Oh, that's funny. Wow. <laughs> Gotta be honest. I don't think my hair could do that with you know in, infinite number of gel. So I don't think I'm gonna have that problem. Yeah, but I don't mind. Can when we did our <laughs> chase, Brady, and we saw all that lightning. I'm pretty sure I hair saw your hair do that once or twice. Wow, wow, yeah. That that uh, we sh I should have gone inside then apparently, but. Uh, that's pretty wild. I, I I don't know what what I would do if I saw that, but uh, that that's pretty crazy and pretty good advice. If your hair sticks up, get in a car or in a house. All right. Uh, so my weather fool, and I actually sent this to uh, Phil um, on Twitter, um, or I sent it to Stormfront Freaks. We don't know who runs that. It might be Phil. It might be someone else. Um, but this is a a TV uh, meteorologist. I, I forget where from. She's ABC something Action News. Um, but I'm just gonna do, gonna go ahead and play that's the pretty, video. That's pretty explanatory. ABC Action News. <laughs> yeah, whatever, whatever. I don't. I forget where she was from. Probably but only... I'll go ahead and, and play the video here. Wednesday, mild, some sunshine, 60. Thursday, partly sunny skies and 57. And to another woman who likes to be double fisted in a different way, I think Jess. Uh, <laughs> what? Beer. She needs beer. Um, guys. What? So 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 did, did you hear that? Let let's 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 see if we can catch you out. I'm gonna turn it up a little bit. Oh She's God. doing the weather forecast and she says 
Now I'm going to give it to another woman that wants to be, or that likes to be double fisted the here. Woman who likes to be double fisted in a different way. <laughs> <laughs> what? She means beer. She means beer. Uh, guys. Oh, <laughs> oh, my beer. Gosh. oh, good. We stepped oh it up gosh. a notch. They just yeah, lose exactly. it. Is that better? They just absolutely lose <laughs> wow. it. I mean, could you imagine watching that live and being like, what did she just say? Like, <laughs> what is happening? So, and oh, I think the woman she passed it to, like, who's oh, no like, double fisted? She's like, she's right. Jessica. <laughs> Jessica's like, Jessica's like, oh, she's a sport. Yeah. Well, I think it was on St. Patrick's Day too, which, which, uh, which is, which is awesome. Oh, but my uh, guys, great videos, great weather fools. Uh, if you want to check these out, uh, go to stormfrontfreaks.com. Look for show one hundred and eighty. That's what I want. Right on. It is time for WX Resources, Weather Resources. This is uh, the part of the show where we're going to share a little bit of our kind of like inside knowledge about some cool things that we follow on online. And uh, Brady, you have a, a weather resource for us. Uh, yeah, it's called uh, the National Weather Service. Um, I, I just discovered <laughs> it the other day. Uh, they, they sometimes will occasionally put out warnings. Um, they've got radar on their website. Okay, uh, cool. So I, I mess that up. You don't have any weather re weather resource, do you? Are you saying the National Weather Service is not a weather resource? Serena. Greg, is that what you're saying? Serena. Okay. <laughs> weather Serena. WX Serena. Do you have a weather resource for us? I, I do. And when Brady learns about the SPC, his mind's going to be freaking Whoa. blown. Um, I do have a, a weather resource. Do any of you guys ever use the Weather Prediction Center, WPC? Uh, if you don't, you should. It's kind of an awesome way to figure out what the hazards are of the weather that's going to be happening. So it's an, you know associated with the National Weather Service. It's a branch of NOAA, the Weather Prediction Center. And I know that for flooding... Uh, this is something we look at a lot. So we'll look at their excessive rainfall forecasts and you can kind of click through day by day and they look just like the SPC outlooks. So you can see where it's going to be kind of crazy with the atmospheric rivers that have been happening out west. This has been really, really amazing to see because you can see the areas that are going to be impacted. And so I've, I've really liked that. Um, the other thing that I really like using is their QPF forecast. So it's the quantitative precipitation forecast. So it shows the amount of moisture that's available in the air to come down as rain. And you can click through these day by day and see what's happening, but you can also see how they add up over time. Um, and so another thing that's really good for just kind of understanding your hazards and your risks when you're out chasing, is this going to be an event where, hey, maybe I should be extra concerned about flood or something like that. You can look at some of these maps and figure it out. So it's a different perspective on the same weather data that we're all looking at, but kind of giving it to you in a risk assessment view. And I find that it's super, super handy and useful and kind of helps to complete the picture when I'm doing my uh you know forecasting before an event so serena does does it uh you said like the daily warnings like the outlook it's is the same as spc uh do they do it in the same way like a slight enhanced moderate etc cetera, etc cetera? yeah absolutely so if you look at that excessive rainfall there's a marginal a slight a moderate and then they'll also have a high and so it's really cool because with the high i think it's like uh risk of rainfall exceeding flash flood guidance within so 25 miles of a point for the high it's like a 70 percent chance and Got with those it. atmospheric rivers there were a ton of places that were getting that out west so right, it right. works very similar to the spc outlooks and i just think it's it's really awesome awesome great one uh phil do you have a weather resource for us? Maybe. 
it's probably going to be better than Brady's. Uh, I don't know that for a fact, but um, this I just want to share with everybody. If you're not familiar with, uh, it's an app you can actually download to your phone as well. But it's it's a web website. It's called Flipboard, and what's neat about it is if you like to use social media, uh, if you like to post stuff, whether it's Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whatever it is and you like weather and all that stuff, this is a great way to get some uh, articles. Basically, it searches. If you go to Flipboard, you can search like what I did here online as I searched tornadoes. And basically what it did is it pulled up a number of tornado uh, news stories. And you can basically go through each of these, and if you, you see one you like, you can pull it up, and then you can share it on your uh, social media feed. So it's just a great way to kind of go, oh, here's a cool article or here's a cool story. And um, and you can search any topic you want. But obviously, I love this for uh, using on, on our social media feeds. If I see a cool story or article, I can post it. And it just gives me access to post relevant weather information, but also make sure I'm crediting the correct source while I'm doing it. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's a great, great way to fill your social media stuff. Awesome. Thanks, Phil. Um, I just shared my screen with you, Phil. I've got one weather resource as well, and this is for uh, our uh, our friends and our fans up here in Canada. This is the ECC, is, um, uh, Environment and Climate Change Canada Thunderstorm Outlook, and uh, you can actually go through on this website and you can pick different regions of the country, uh, and they kind of do something similar to what you would see uh, on the Storm Prediction Center, but up here in Canada. Uh, so for anyone who's going to be chasing the plains, you might be crossing the border north and south uh, of the 49th parallel. This is a great one because uh, uh, the Storm Prediction Center ends their forecast at the border, and uh, uh, this is where uh, the forecast picks up. So it's a great, uh, great resource uh, for our Canadian fans. And I'll add a, a great uh, resource would be a passport. Make sure you get your passport uh, before you cross the border. That, that would be great. Right on. Well, listen, that was our uh, weather resource uh, segment. Uh, uh, look for all of those in the show notes, episode 180. And let me just say, Phil, uh, congratulations to you, buddy, for, for like, honestly, 180 episodes of anything is pretty cool. Uh, but a lame podcast, 180 episodes, keep doing that. Man, that is that's dedication. Yeah, I agree. Thanks for uh, thanks for keeping it alive. We actually, uh, I'll share with you all of you guys. We did a special episode last night because March is National Weather Podcast Month, which is actually something we created back in 2017, <laughs> shortly after we started this podcast. And we brought all the independent weather podcasts together to do and collaborate stuff. And, and really, the goal is to help pr promote each other, right? And we were just getting started. So I think it was good for us to kind of promote ourselves. And so it, it picked up, and we did some cool stuff for about three years. And then kind of right before COVID and over COVID, it died down a little bit. And I got a uh, message from uh, James Briarton with Carolina Weather Group last a couple weeks ago and said, hey, let's uh, let's do some kind of collab. So we got together. We did a, a special show last night with uh, James Spann and uh, James Briarton was on there. And then we had some new shows uh, that, that are relatively new weather-wise. So we had those hosts on as well. And, and it was kind of cool. We'll end up showing it as a bonus episode. Uh, we'll put that out here probably in the next week or so. But um, yeah, it was kind of well, Anyway, sincerely, bud. 
Great job, and uh, congratulations on making it to 100, 180 episodes. That's remarkable. Seven well, years. Congratulations to all of you, and and uh, we'll see if we make the two hundred. Right? Let's. Uh, Woo! We will shoot for the stars. Shoot for the stars. So I think that just about does it for this episode of Stormfront Freaks podcast. Uh, so I just want to thank everybody for listening and watching. Yeah, and before we announce the guest of our next episode, if you like the show, don't forget to follow us on your podcast player so you get notified and receive the latest episodes of our show delivered right to your library the moment they get released. And if you enjoy the show we put together, send a friend your favorite episode, like tonight's and the trivia thing. Why not? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and of course, you can subscribe to our YouTube page and you can watch Stormfront Freaks Raw, completely unedited, including uh this really great uh, uh 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 lightning round that we had tonight which was uh awesome anyway uh you can hear all the great conversations during the breaks you meet the vips and uh uh overall uh, uh just have uh lots of extra content online we'd love to also have you join our patreon team you can find a level of support that fits your budget as low as a dollar a month. Ooh. Uh, visit stormfrontfreaks.com to find the Patreon link so you can join our raw broadcasts. Have access to exclusive merch or get on the waiting list to become one of our limited VIPs to be with us and our guests in the studio on every show. Nice. Hey, and don't forget um, to check out all the new Stormfront Freaks merch currently on sale for Chase season. We've got new hats, T-shirts as low as 16 bucks, sweatshirts, tanks, more, all of our Tornado logo. So you'll find it along with everything else at StormfrontFreaks.com. Perfect. Hey, let's uh, let's find out how, how our listeners can uh, follow you guys, Greg. Uh, let's start with you. Yeah, just Tornado Greg on social media. And uh, if you want to learn how to use your uh, DSLR or mirrorless camera, uh, CameraEasy.ca, and uh, I'll teach you everything I know. And that's good. I'll, I'll throw in a little plug for that, Greg, because obviously with, with chase season coming up, that's a great way online to go at your pace. There's some very good and simple instructions on how to do some amazing things with your camera if you're not familiar with it, especially. But uh, it'd be a great time now to take a look at it and, and uh, just give you a, you could do it in a matter of a couple of days. You could do it in a matter of a couple of weeks, whatever you're comfortable with. So uh, that's good stuff. All right, Serena, how about you? Yeah, for me, everything is Weather Serena, W-X-C-Y-R-E-N-A. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. And you can find my book, The Weather Story, on Amazon. Beautiful. The Weather Story with Francis Fox. Francis Fox. All right. Uh, uh, I want to also uh, let you know you can find me. Uh, Brady asked this earlier. I do tweet on at Stormfront Freak, so I tend to tweet all the weather stuff from that. Uh, so that's where you can tend to find me. But we also have uh, Stormfront Freaks Facebook and Instagram. And special thanks tonight to our guest, Jason Fraser. He was awesome. And don't forget to follow him as well. Yeah, totally. So, hey, for the next episode, we're going to get a lesson in reading radar, photographs. A lot of people want that one for sure. And mm -hmm. this spring's El Nino and La Nina forecast with meteorologist and storm analyst Trey Greenwood. Patreon members will be able to watch live on Thursday, April 13th. So you probably want to become a Patreon member. The audio podca podcast will be available to everyone else the following Sunday. Beautiful. All right. So for Greg and Serena, Dan, Angela, and Garrett, I'm going to signal the all clear and we'll catch you guys next time. Good night, everybody. Bye.
Thank you for listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. Find our bi-weekly show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or your favorite podcast app. And watch our live and recorded shows on YouTube. For show notes, additional information about this episode, as well as past and upcoming shows, videos, photos, merchandise, and more, visit our website at stormfrontfreaks.com. While you are there, check out our live interactive Storm Chaser radar provided by our friends at zoomradar.com. If you would like to contact us with questions or make comments about the show, shoot us an email to questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or follow us on Twitter or Facebook. Search Stormfront Freaks. We'd love to hear from you. Join us next time and tell a friend about the Stormfront Freaks podcast.